0: You're listening to Dead Air Podcast, part of splatterpictures.net. What's up, everybody? Wes Dead Air Knife here with always... Typical Lydia. Today we're going to be talking about Mr. Jones. 2013 found footage horror film starring John Foster, Sarah Jones. How creepy, eh? It is actually a little creepy. What Do you think that that would have been like, my last name is Jones, and the movie's called Mr. Jones. I'm enough of a child that if I was in that situation, I would bring it up all the time.
1: Yeah, she totally called her mom and was like, Guess what, Mom? I'm in a movie called
0: mister. Jones
1: isn't that weird?
0: going back to uh, found footage like um I remember the the Blair Witch project. all of the actors the, their characters' names were just their actual names. I think that was supposed to get a more natural performance out of them if they were referring to them by their actual names,
1: especially because they weren't uh really heavily scripted if scripted at all in a yeah. lot of parts, so it yeah. was a lot easier for them to just use each other's names and they wouldn't have to go back and cut out stuff and yeah, things would just roll off the tongue a little more naturally.
0: Yeah. This movie is scripted. It's heavily scripted. It's got, um, you know, the interesting thing that I, I noticed about it was it is found footage. We didn't know that going into it. We honestly just picked this movie out of a hat. Yeah. We had to replace another found footage film
1: with this one, which luckily
0: was a found footage film. Yeah. Um, and and it kind of starts off found footage, but by the end of it, it's not, re- they're, they're not operating cameras anymore. It doesn't really seem like found footage to me anymore. It seemed more like a regular movie. Very enclosed, tight shots, but it didn't seem... You know, the thing with found footage is you kind of have to keep up the illusion of there's a character operating a camera at it's somewhere.
1: Yeah, and a lot of times they're almost like a faceless, nameless. You hardly see them because they've got the camera in their hand most of the time. Yeah. But he's, he rigged up this uh, cam kind of rig with a back cam thing right at the beginning. And like most people who like found footage and they like it to be, to have some sort of explanation as to why these people are carrying around cameras. I don't really hinge my love of found footage films on that. I don't really care about that. But a lot of people do. But yeah, he yeah. did explain it away really, really quickly. And he did pass the camera off a lot. And they seemed to have a, a third camera kicking around, let alone these two cameras strapped together. Yeah. So he could get his, you know, point of view and what he was looking at captured at the same time, which is kind of cool.
0: Yeah. Found footage for me, sometimes I will hit that wall where I'm kind of asking, would they really stop to pick up a camera before they go somewhere? Would they when things are when shit's really going down, when uh, when the horror's amped up in any of these movies, I sometimes feel as though characters in a panic wouldn't bother to pick up a camera because at that point they're probably more concerned with their lives. They can sometimes spin it With, well, we have to tell the story and I need proof. And um, there was always, or there's always a very overzealous
1: filmmaker, film student. Yeah. And and, and I
0: was worried that, because we were kind of getting into that territory early on in Mr. Jones, where this guy who, uh, well, original, the basic plot of the movie is this this couple goes into the isolated woods, and the idea is for the guy. Scott, I think the character's name was, to film a nature documentary or something of that ilk. He wanted to film nature and it was sort of this goal to make something extremely beautiful. His girlfriend uh, tags along for support and they don't end up really... Filming the documentary, he ends up getting into a lurch, a creative stump, and he can't go forward filming things. He doesn't feel like it. He's not inspired. Yeah, which...
1: within like the first five minutes, he denounces his vision. And which yeah. is kind of luckily because within about three minutes, you're like, this little documentary he's planning on making is going absolutely nowhere. And within another minute, he's like, this little documentary I'm making is going absolutely nowhere.
0: Yeah, and which I think any creative person can sort of relate to, where you have this idea and you're all amped and then you get out there. And you're like, Ugh, I don't even know what this is anymore. I don't know what the story is. Um, but luckily, they come across this nomad in the woods who doesn't seem like he lives that far away from them.
1: No, he started being creepy. I didn't notice the first shot of him that you would notice where he's in frame. Yeah. Um, but he has been sort of, I don't know if he's necessarily creeping them, but he is around and then he steals the guy's bag for whatever reason. But so he does make himself known and apparent, but he is kind of like creeping about in the woods.
0: True. But he's also, it didn't seem to me that he was really trying to hide his presence either. He seemed to be going about his business. And while if you see me, you see me. And if you don't, you won't. Um, like Bigfoot, like (laughs) in a way he's much like Bigfoot. Um, so they realize, or his girlfriend realizes, that once they go to his property... And again, this is one of those things where he shows up, he steals their backpack, or the or Scott's backpack. Scott chases him, realizes there's this shack of some kind just sort of built up.
1: It's more like a cabin.
0: It's But it's very...
1: The ramshackled. It's
0: ramshackled, yeah. That's good. Yeah. Ramshackled. And he runs back, gets the girlfriend, and then is just, we gotta go inside. He opens the door, he goes right inside. It doesn't knock. It's so strange to me because there's no Maybe it's just because I wouldn't act that way. If someone had taken something from mine and I had followed them to their property. I mean, I don't know how exactly I would react, but I definitely don't think I would break into their place and start going through everything. Um,
1: Convinced that they're not there and you're bulletproof.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Not at all. Be- that was the thing because these are these are these are not survivalists. They're clearly dealing with someone who lives in the woods who probably knows this forest like the back of his hand, knows his own property.
1: Oh, for sure. Like,
0: you're in his world. And there's
1: immediately evidence of, not only has he just stolen off them and been creeping around, there's evidence that he is a scavenger, forager, hunter, gatherer, all within that first room they encounter. So for city slickers, as they really truly are, they give up their loft in New York to move out here. They know nothing of the wilderness, but they would know enough to recognize that he has the upper
0: hand. Yeah, it, the, no sense of self-preservation whatsoever. And um, his girlfriend, Penny, is very adamantly, let's not do this, Why, let's not go in. And then they just keep going further into his property, into the basement. Um, they find all of these weird sort of gnarled stick scarecrows like they're scarecrows or totems or sculptures, sculptures of, some, of some kind yeah and she just so happens to recognize that they're from a famous artist and so she becomes elated excited inspired now she doesn't want to go and now he
1: he yeah, like discovering banksy's workshop for yeah. the street artist fan Right. That's what it would feel like.
0: You should, and, and so she's really into it. She doesn't want to go. Eventually they get out of there. And she reveals to him that it's this artist, Mr. Jones, who is this mysterious person. And what they should do now is change it from a nature documentary to a documentary about him.
1: Yeah, and uh, it's immediately flipped, too. He's like, I don't know. I'm weirded out. This is creepy. And she's like, oh, no, man. This is awesome. We this, have to go in there again. We have to film this. We have to look at this. We have to meet him. We should interview him. We should talk to him. And Which is like five minutes before complete polar
0: opposite. Yeah. It, it was... It, it. He leaves her in the woods. That's the other thing. Like, she goes from being creeped out and scared to really excited to... Go away now. You, I want you to go to New York to talk to like, our, like curators and people who know this Mr. Jones person professionally. Mm-hmm. Because one thing that we learn from the documentary footage that Scott shoots in New York is that while people have accepted his art and his art has been sold nine confirmed pieces of of these uh, sculptures that he's made. Nobody really knows who he is, where he comes from, and why he started sending these art pieces out. Meanwhile, Penny is back in the woods, basically finding more of these sculptures around and taking pictures of them, being completely enamored. And then she has her first real encounter face to face with uh, Mr. Jones. Which was a name given to him by one of the art curators.
1: Yeah, it's not even his name if he even has one because he doesn't speak.
0: Yeah, he doesn't speak. He's got a really cool look about him. I really liked how they had him sort of uh, in this black—I wouldn't call them robes. What would you say? Like
1: it's like a hoodie plus. It's not. He doesn't. He kind of reminded me of one part street vagrant in a. you know, Blink-182 hoodie and uh, one part um, Strider from the Lord of the Rings.
0: Oh, yeah, that's a good point. It It is really interesting, though, and he's got this really cool mask, it looks like it's made of hide of some kind, mm-hmm. uh, that hides his features. And so he's got a really creepy look about him.
1: Yeah, it makes he's, him almost look like a burn victim in, on one hand, but you can tell that it's just a mask. So
0: yeah, like, and, you know, he's, and he's, he's carrying around lanterns and wagons full of bones and all kinds of stuff. I, I really dug the look of the character and... Like one
1: part street beggar, one part like hoodlum, one part um like old-fashioned beggar yeah. from like the medieval times and yeah. strider from Lord of the Rings for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And at this point in the movie, you're getting a lot of menace from him, but he's not really doing anything and it's really more a Penny starts off when she meets him face to face is excited to meet him, but then when she gets a real close-up look at him and his sort of startling look she becomes afraid of him because mm-hmm, yeah. he is creepy looking like, I'm, that was, like, i i could not imagine turning around and seeing this crazy guy all wrapped up with like a wagon full of bones and then i, I would want to do oh I'll, i'm taking pictures of your art i love you so much
1: maybe maybe i know we'll have an interview and grabbing your camera and getting all like up and close and personal no, it's not the reaction I'd be having, especially when, you know, you're... And they say it a couple times. They're 10 miles from any civilization. They're 10 miles from their home, I think, at that point. But they're 10 miles from any civilization from that point.
0: Yeah, it's really weird. I mean, maybe if you thought this guy was an artist, you would stop being afraid. You're like, oh, he's just a... He's an eccentric artist that lives out in the woods. Nothing yeah, to like fear. Yeah, like Tom
1: Thompson or something.
0: Yeah, you know, <laughs> nothing, nothing to fear at all. But then you see this guy... And he looks like a horror character. Like, he really does. And that's probably what they were going for. Just a really, another sort of masked killer. And that was when I was getting the sneaking suspicion that I was just in for another story of a crazy woodsman. And again, I was trying to come up with what these stick totems were. And I I said, well, is he... Killing people and making them into these stick totems. Yeah, is he growing the gnarled bushes out of like trees out of their bodies in the basement, or mm-hmm. or what is he doing? Is he just going to kill these people? But he doesn't. And, and we were making it
1: way worse in our own minds. We're making him, him way worse in our own minds. For sure, right from the get go. Because
0: he was like he was some weirdo in the woods. Yeah, and what you find out is, well, his motivation is not entirely clear through the movie, but. There is a scene where you get a sense where he's leading her. She becomes terrified. I should back up a little bit. And she's in the scenario where he has made up a bunch of totems, I guess, for lack of a better word. Um, They're not exactly like the stick scarecrows that are propped up everywhere. They're just sort of like other... Artifacts with like bones hanging off and everything. There were like be that. a
1: lot of voodoo artifacts and voodoo totems that you would see yeah. if you went through the voodoo exhibit. They have so many different um, god types that they like deities that they worship and they make these effigies to them. So yeah, yeah,
0: it was these uh, very much an effigy though. Yes, yeah. yes, um, and 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 then sort of darkness seems to encroach around them. Uh, uh, and she was yeah
1: sort of like hypnotized into watching him build these things and yeah. decorate them and light them and yeah. what, doing whatever not quite ceremony that he was doing but this you know ritual yeah. it's not even a ritual it's just a, the fact the art of creating them took that long
0: yeah and, and then all of a sudden she starts to wig out and, and some really scary things happen and she becomes terrified and she becomes really scared, as scared as that character's been yet in the film. And then you get this sense through the way that they're shooting it that he might be chasing her, but then they let you know that he's actually leading her back home, away from whatever is scaring her. And you don't see, and then you, then you sort of start to question what is this guy doing what are these totems for are the effigies the scarecrows what are they for and why
1: did he let her watch why yeah did he not stop her from watching him why did he not stop what he was doing because he was being watched and then why when it got to it's like crescendo where she's like totally wigging out in the middle of the forest he just like let it all simmer down and let her calm down and calmly let her out of the bush
0: without saying a word. Yeah, that was the other thing. The character has no dialogue Um, and and, and it's almost like he's not present. Like he doesn't really, he notices them but it's almost like he doesn't at the same time. It's very distant, you know.
1: Um, It's one of two things. Like either he is as weirded out by them as they are of him and he doesn't know how to handle them so he just doesn't interact with them or maybe this happens every other weekend and he's just like oh it's these friggin tech kid types again i'm just gonna like go about my day make my goddamn stick figures
0: it it was a sense when she initially met with him face to face where she was talking about loving his work and taking pictures and wanting to do an interview with him he was just sort of staring at her and it was almost as if he couldn't understand what she was even saying. And then when she just kind of stopped talking, moved around him and away from him out of his way, then he just started moving yeah, again.
1: Went about his day. Yeah, he really did kind of freeze like a statue. And at one point I thought that, okay what did he do wheel up a statue of himself and then back away so she thought it was him still because he was so stock still like a statue
0: yeah and and I was like oh I kind of like that because it really was as though I don't know how to deal with you right I don't know what you're saying like I might understand your language but what you're saying makes no sense to me I'm you know because she's like I love your art and he's probably thinking well this isn't art I'm not an artist Mm or I want to do an interview with you I was like what are you talking about you know, probably not realizing that back in civilization, he's a famous artist and doesn't even know it, which is a cool angle. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and honestly, when if this became one of those stories where he simply killed her and and that was the end of it. I, I told you, I was like, well, if this ends up just being him being a psycho killer, I'm going to be really disappointed. Because they've intrigued me.
1: And I'm all like, Dr. Satan!
0: <laughs> referencing House of a Thousand Corpses, which you know I love so much. Uh, I couldn't help it. <laughs> so Scott eventually makes his way back to some, uh, back to the woods, and he has all this documentary footage. And the thing that you learn... Uh, From a lot of exposition. It's like a big block of exposition about Mr. Jones. At least
1: it's interesting. And this is the part where I enjoyed the found footage angle of this. That it's like there's many different styles of footage. It's very true. I like that a lot. Yeah,
0: it's very true. It's like you have the straight up guy and girl holding cameras, screaming at each other, not knowing what's going on. You had fake documentary footage that they had created complete with names and positions and so you, you, you can follow along and then it changed dramatically towards the end to sort of you know like who's watching us type deal
1: mm-hmm. um
0: which we'll get to in a minute um almost he... like surveillance footage too which was it's i true. love that too yeah it was really cool and
1: even the other angle of the uh setup footage in the b-roll from his interviews because he showed her a lot of b-roll wasn't like the polished product so yeah yeah, you got to see a a few different styles of camera work which i really liked
0: Mm. they start to uh, the experts start to allude to dreams they start to allude to what these totems could possibly represent and she herself seems to have a lot of information which i thought she was kind of building off of nothing which, where she was suspecting that... Well, she had the
1: one book, right? And it could be all that anyone knows about this Mr. Jones character, and they're all kind of regurgitating the same only known information about him. So she could have read everything there is to know about mm-hmm. him on the one Wikipedia page there would fictionally be about this Mr. Jones. Mm.
0: They, they, they use the opportunity to go back to his place, to explore further into his basement, and they find yet another basement... Another ladder that goes down even deeper dun, dun, dun. into a large cavern with even more... Dr. Satan. With Dr. Satan. He's there and people in bunny rabbit suits and it makes no sense.
1: Oh, I was so excited. Every like few minutes during that scene, I was just like, there's going to be an old dude in a bunny rabbit suit and I'm going to be so excited. Of course, it never happened, but
0: nope, it it's... really
1: reminded me a lot of those caverns.
0: It did well. I, I would, yeah, absolutely. And it's funny because when I was watching those scenes, when I was watching them go down to that sub basement, and you see the, the 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 ritual that is going on there, uh, like with the the candles and the scarecrows, and, and all there's more
1: stuff. and more of them. It's not like okay, you knew there at that point they'd seen a couple in the bush. Then you learn there's nine in the world. And then they, she finds the really cool, big, elaborate one that she spends a lot of time videotaping. Then he builds more. It's mm-hmm. so like, okay, there's probably like 30 of these things in existence. And then in the one room, there's like 30 of them. And then you go down to the other basement and they're everywhere. Yeah. So it's just, yeah. yeah. The sculptures themselves are growing exponentially, let alone the, the gloom and the weird seclusion.
0: Yeah. And, 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 and it's really the mystery of what they are, what they're for. Mm-hmm. And... And and when I was watching this, I was like, I wonder where the creators got their mythology from, or or where Mister Jones would have learned these rituals. What like are these specific? Because uh, because before I was kind of like, ah, they're kind of they're just like there's no rhyme or reason to how any of them are built. Well, but a... by the time they get to the basement, mm-hmm. it's specific,
1: and they start looking very similar, and they follow a formula. There's a formula to building them for sure.
0: Yeah. And so I was wondering, I was like, wonder where they got there. If it was all just pulled out of their ass or if they were researching I something. My
1: phone isn't working. There's a short story called sticks that sort of references this in the bush stick figure thing. Really? Yeah. And I just, it's one of my, it was one of the first short stories that scared me. It's called sticks and it's a couple is in the bush and they, I believe they find a burnt out church or where one church was built and then there was another church deeper in the bush. Um, I read it so, so long ago, and I've been looking for a short story collection that has it in it since, and I'm going to just order it because I can't find it at chapters or anywhere, or used bookstores, because I usually try to look out at the used bookstores first. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was one of the first short stories that scared me, like that whole white-knuckle read under the covers at midnight kind of thing. Really? Scared the hell out of me as a kid, and it served, in some ways, probably the influence for the Blair Witch Project and the stick figures in that, which were never really explained either.
0: That's true, Mm -hmm. which uh, which I thought was really creepy. And this did have, it was reminiscent uh, in those aspects to Blair Witch. And there was a couple of other things that were familiar in this film from other horror films. We were, they seemed, there were some evil dead moments Mm -hmm. in it. Um, there's a couple that I really when The
1: forest is really encroaching on The night is really encroaching on the cabin or the house because their house takes on a more cloistered, small cabin, claustrophobic feel by that point yeah. in the film. E-
0: even though it's, it's a completely big and modern house and, yeah. uh, and, and all that stuff. But we learn, basically, that these ward off the evil... In our dreams, like, I'm not exactly sure what they were getting at, but it was like, it was like the, the world of nightmares and normal dreams were overlapping into the world or, or trying to keep nightmares at bay or something like that. That was seemed to be like the purpose of these things. That's what
1: I didn't understand with the one guy that was being interviewed. That was the dark horse there. He wasn't an expert. He wasn't a gallery owner. He wasn't an art collector of any sort. He was just some guy.
0: Recipient of a scarecrow. Yeah, he That's was what they were. Recipient
1: refer to of a scarecrow. And he was you know adamant about, you know, don't trust him, don't go near him. If you meet him, walk away or run away. Um, don't don't try and interview him. Don't try don't take pictures of his things. Don't
0: try and get close to him, don't study them, don't look close to them.
1: He was like really like run, stay away. You don't want one. Yet he still had his.
0: And but and I really felt like he was feeding the fear, right? He was like, they're, "They're like, well, we don't want the audience to know whether or not Mr. Jones is a malevolent person or if he's a force for good or what." So I honestly feel like because because in that point in the film, you'd gotten the sense that Mr. Jones, well, fucking weird, yeah, isn't really. Hurting anybody. So, but then this guy is telling you, no, 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 he's dangerous.
1: Because mm-hmm. he'd never had weird nightmares. He wasn't trapped in his own dreams. He wasn't seeing himself in his dreams before that. He received this thing, and then all of a sudden, his nightmares seemed to become all important and run, not ruining his life, but running his life, and it's all he could think of. Mm-hmm. And he's never stopped having this nightmare, apparently, even when they're talking to him, which
0: made no sense but whatever it wasn't it wasn't exactly clear to me either it mm-hmm. seemed like something that could have used a few more a, a lines of dialogue explanation or if they had gone back to it later but they never do it's just sort of well that exists and that's there too I honestly felt like it was there just to sort of instill dread and not yeah you
1: know, like in interviewing that lovecraftian insane asylum inmate exactly that can't really explain anything that it's the the evil that you can't describe kind of no
0: exactly people. and and it, and it was just to sort of make you not clear if mr jones was dangerous or not i honestly think that that was the only purpose of that character the other the other the curators and and all the other experts seem to have something legitimate to say they had information that was tangible they had this is when they started showing up this is how much these are worth this is our only interaction with this this person, uh, um, no one really knows where he is, or or but the, and then, then this one guy was just like, who has no more information than anyone else, it seems, but has determined that Mr. Jones is an evil force. Which by the end of the movie, the, it basically says that he's not,
1: yeah, basically. Although you could argue that him, like. You could argue that him unleashing his totems further out into the world spread this evil, weird nightmare power, this power to bring your nightmares into reality and cross that threshold between waking and dreaming. And that would be a bad thing in my mind, because who wants your nightmares to be able to cross the threshold between waking and reality or dreaming and reality? but then they explain it that while you're in the bush it's good to have these things around because it, it keeps the nightmares in. Yeah. Right? If not only just in that little area at least in the night side of things. Um then well why why have these night like why have these things at all? I don't like I'm not having trouble with my nightmares out here in the real world. We're real, real far from the bush. I don't yeah. need totems to keep my dreams inside my head. So why is he even making them in the first place? Is there some sort of power coming out that we're unaware of that he's keeping contained for us? Is that what it is?
0: It might have been, well, there's the idea that the nightmare powers are focused on him. Mm-hmm. And if he builds these totems...
1: That's where it stays? That's
0: where it stays. And the fact that he, well, we learned that if you hide your face, the powers don't seem to be able to recognize you or duplicate you or or or, or their powers seem non effective, which is why he would always hide his face, which is why by the end of the film, when Scott puts on the discarded mask, he seems to be immune to yeah. can travel
1: through the darkness into the light again and even take people with him.
0: Yeah, it's almost like they couldn't even see him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there might be that. And maybe the warning of of somebody saying not to.
1: Catus interruptus.
0: Yes. Maybe the warning of that guy to tell you to stay away from him was that drawing attention to him or being near him would divert the energies towards you. Mm-hmm. There could be that aspect to it. Wanting to wanting to be around him. Um,
1: like wanting to be that guy in pitch black with the torch so that all the creatures flock on you so that your friends can escape through the darkness out the other way.
0: There's that. So he
1: is the torch in the darkness attracting all the monsters.
0: Yeah. Yeah, sure. I've never seen anyone use pitch black to as a metaphor for another movie, but I like it. It works. Yeah, he is quite literally walking through the evil with his
1: torch, attracting it all, but having his mask of immunity. So it's the safe. he's the safest person to go out there as this dummy to attract all this evil so that everyone else seems to be able to go about their day around him.
0: Mm-hmm. If not
1: just in the bush, at least in the entire world.
0: This movie has a bit of a divided line in whether people like it or not. It seems to be the common complaint that I'm reading is that they find the last half of it very confusing. Mhm. And it is very confusing if you spend too much time focusing on the details and not really letting not letting the the narration the narrative happen. Mm-hmm. And I find anytime that any, anyone gets lost in a movie, the, the last thing you should ever want to do is sort of, like, tighten up and be like, what's going on? I don't understand.
1: Because you're not listening at that point. Listen. You're not watching. You're not paying attention. And you're not, like, just letting the story be told.
0: Yeah, if, if details are flying by you fast, it's because the writers and the directors don't care about those details. and And so they're trying to get past those fast. And the greater message... Should be revealed by the end of it if it's a good film, and then those fast moments that maybe you missed will become clear, um, or didn't understand at the time will become clear. I think that this movie did lose me by the time we were getting into Scott maybe having a doppelganger of some kind, uh, I and then filming from nothing like film that like footage. On his reel that he didn't reel on on his <laughs> device. Or he was
1: eighty years old now, sir. <laughs> 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 oh. You know, silver nitrate in your mirrors.
0: <laughs> you know, Scott with his big old reel of uh, thirty-five millimeter, just like. <laughs> yes, that's exactly um, how it happened. On his on his fucking digital device. Yeah. Footage
1: his, from nothing, from no angle, from no device, basically, but showing yeah. up in pixels on his device.
0: Yeah, uh, it, and I, I was like, I don't know what they're trying to get with this. I don't understand. And then there's some very intense moments, which you pointed out, and I agree, where it gets to the and he found footage...
1: Yeah, it's, oh, it's this part of the movie where all the digital stuff starts to wig out and it's just too intense for even electronics to handle. And, yeah,
0: so you yeah, never, you never even time. know what happens. And it cuts in, cuts out, cuts in, cuts out. and i not y-
1: dropping the camera. It's just too intense.
0: Oh, yeah, there's something very intense is going on yeah. and we don't all get to see power.
1: it. All this power. All this power around you, quote unquote. And, Yeah, yeah. I've and, never seen a camera malfunction like that ever, and I've done a lot of stupid things to cameras. A lot of different cameras have bit the dust around me, and I've I, never recovered
0: footage like that. I always think that they, they've established in in horror, any time that you're doing anything with the supernatural, they spirits, evil, malevolence, whatever you want to call it, seem to be able to disrupt... Electronics. That That's always... You know what I'm talking about? Like, there's yeah, they always, do. There's always and, flickering lights or there's blurry TVs. And Hans or,
1: Holzer... Um, I think it was in Yankee Ghosts. Because uh, he's one of the... My favorite first and foremost ghost hunters of the 20th century ever. And he had a lot of times when ghosts would fuck with his equipment. More often than not, the equipment would be fucked with and not work. Um, but there's a part where he describes watching it what, what would seem to be somebody putting their finger down on the cassette tape reel to stop it, and then lifting their finger to let it go again, and then pushing their finger down to stop the tape again, which I did as a kid, so I know exactly what effect he's talking about. And he's like, you could see the pressure from nothing, thin air, doing this to the tape. So sure, apparently spirits uh benign and malevolent fuck with electronics not to the extent that you see in found footage films though they That's usually true. have their fun and be done with it or have their say and be done with it they uh, don't have like uh,
0: well yeah. it, it's it's a cheat, right one of the things that found footage does and has been doing since the early days of found footage not going far as far back as cannibal holocaust but into the '90s with the McPherson tape and uh, the last broadcast and the Blair Witch Project, mm-hmm. those type films, they will not show you things because it'll allow the people's imaginations to well, it tells take you that over. You know, this isn't quite I've dropped
1: the camera intense because no. that's when shit has really oh, gone uh, off if, the wall.
0: If, if a camera's been dropped, I'm assuming a character is dead. Yes. Uh, Usually,
1: you're either gonna get a thunk of a body nearby you're gonna get a thunk of a bloody face in front of the camera any second or you're gonna have the killer pick up the camera and or, you know something's gonna happen that's all bad when the camera gets dropped. Yeah. Um, I guess the digital interference is like the, the next step before that like the step before that
0: yeah yeah and it, it does it, that's when the movie really amps up but i I would have liked to have seen. More, less monkeying with the camera and more of what was going on because something happens to the titular character. And I'm not entirely sure what that is.
1: No, and it wouldn't have been really hard for them to just. It wouldn't have been really hard for them to just be a little more steady and a little more clear. I don't think there would have been anything lost. Being artsy and vague, they were artsy and vague enough. They had artsy and vague covered, and I was happy with the amount of artsy and vague. And then it got super vague at that point, which they didn't need to be yeah like it's still weird i still enjoyed it but i know exactly what you mean i would have liked to see just a little bit more because the effect was really cool it looked like they had that nailed and i don't think that having
0: it was an intense scene another 10 seconds
1: of footage to make things a little more concrete in our minds as to what was happening yeah would have you know ruined the integrity of that shot in any way
0: it really did seem poorly planned at that point point. I just, you know, and I don't need everything spelled out to me all the time. But in that case, I just, I, I, because the here's here's why it was baffling to me. You get a sense that this nightmare force, for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. is dangerous. Mm-hmm. You absolutely get a sense that it's dangerous. But we're not exactly sure how it's dangerous. Because even when the main characters are directly interacting with it, they're running from it. They're oh, it's over... beating
1: down the door. It is at the windows and it is coming to get them. A lot like evil. Dead. this is a very evil dead. Title. Oh, banging
0: on doors and people holding them and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, but um, what I'm saying is, even when they're completely not engr- uh, enveloped by it, No, they're at its mercy. It, it's not. It's not really doing anything to them. No, so I don't understand. What happened to Mr. Jones? Now, you could maybe make the leap and say, well, Mr. Jones has probably been fighting this force for five years, ten years, twenty years. We we don't know how old...
1: Yeah, I don't think he's the first Mr. Jones. That's my other thing. I think that he's like a uh, reincarnating being. Yeah, like somebody's
0: picking up the mantle every single time. Yeah. But, which is a, a cool theory, but again... They don't, but so maybe the forces were just so, like, why now? It, it Was he at their mercy? I don't understand. Yeah, why,
1: was he weakened by his protecting of them? Was he using too much energy taking care of her, basically, and making sure that they were safe, that his defenses were low and it was able to get at him? Uh, did he sacrifice himself so that they couldn't get the boyfriend and girlfriend who were a much weaker prey and maybe that's who the the forces were originally after um was mr jones the evil one to begin with and these forces of nature tore him away to protect them from mr jones there there's no explanation at all
0: yeah and i I really would have liked something be more just because i was finding myself really liking even though his character has no dialogue, I just like I was really impressed by the look of him. I was impressed by how he sort of was around. I, I liked the character. I wanted to know more about him yeah. than than him just sort of just. Well, now he's gone, and and I was like, well, that's such a shame. Yeah, I
1: didn't want him to sit down and be like, when I was a boy, I used to come in these woods. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like you
0: don't you don't want him. To no,
1: that. I, I yeah, but I know what you mean. You wanted just a little more time with him.
0: It's yeah, a little, more time. a little bit more time, a little bit more evidence to support what he was, uh, and the, and they didn't spend any time with it. And now, if if the movie was lacking anything, I would have said it was that. People complaining about uh, conf- the confusion—that's is... their own
1: damn fault. These yeah, are the people yeah. that didn't get Memento the first
0: eight times they watched it either. Yeah, I, like I don't, I don't really. I think that the movie explains itself. I think by the end of the film you understand if you didn't understand what was going on you definitely understand what's going to be going on now mm-hmm. you understand that there is a new mr jones and this has probably happened since the dawn of time mm-hmm. since since primitive humans were cobbling together yeah this sticks. is the job of
1: the shaman for exactly centuries eons before we had civilization break down those institutions for us
0: but it's cool that you would still have somebody that needed to do that even though the world has sort of left it all behind that is like regardless of whether or not you acknowledge evil forces in the world and the mystical past that we share there still needs to be someone who has that job even if the rest of the world doesn't believe in it anymore um that's a cool aspect of the story i did really like the movie
1: yeah i enjoyed it more than i thought i would and more than any review would have led me to believe and i didn't read the reviews i mostly looked at the ratings read yeah. a couple keywords and was like yeah this person did not like this person didn't like this person was confused this person was lost this person didn't like the end this person didn't like the camera work this person didn't like that like just you know i didn't really read them in depth but i just got the gist of why all these people didn't like this movie um Because there were so many of them. Yeah. And I'm glad I didn't pay any attention to that because it's an amazing film, I think. I really really liked it a lot. And I think it it double creeped me out um, in that I like those claustrophobic chase films. It it does capture a nightmare feeling very, very, very well Mm -hmm. in a couple parts, even unintentionally, I think, um, in the Dr. Satan underground cavern, subterranean hell ride type thing that's scary that's fun but uh, some of that doppelganger work and the camera work that's very very trippy very very scary stuff and they did it really well um also when i was a little kid I remember me and two friends I remember them telling me about what they thought were probably ghosts living next door and there was no next door because she lived in the bush line and they're like oh no if you go through the bush there's like this house mm-hmm. and there's like these this old men and women and they're both like they're probably see-through and they're like pale and white and they got white everything and we're like what the hell and we're like you know, six or seven years old. So this is weird. And I didn't really believe them. We go walking through the bush and as you're walking through the bush, all of a sudden there's this like little cabiny house there. That's creepy. So right away you're in Grimm's Fairy Tales. And it's mm. not a good Grimm's Fairy Tales. It's no. the scary part. Yeah. So I'm like, holy shit. They're telling the truth. So if they're telling the truth about this of house being back here, there must be an old man and woman ghost couple living in here. Yeah. And we were like looking in windows and we were like being creepy little kids. we were being the little bastards of the story, looking in this these people's windows. Actually, in reality, it was a people there was a house. It, was, it wasn't that far off the road because if you walked around the little bush, there was mm-hmm. another road there and they just lived on the other side of the block, basically. Mm-hmm. But when you're a kid, your world is small, right? Oh, you don't realize sure. these things. And we were, like, looking in their windows and stuff. And all of a sudden, one of them popped up and was like, hey. And we were like, ah, we went running. (laughs) And I told my mom about it. And she's like, oh, you guys shouldn't be doing that in people's windows. That's so-and-so-and-so-and-so. They're albino.
0: (laughs) Terrible. (laughs) Totally
1: terrible. First experience with a creepy, scary house of ghosts living in the bush or the albino couple that lived around the block from my friend. Right so this whole like finding a scary house with scary unexplained people in it in the bush Just takes me right back to that initial feeling not the explanation the explanation Was where reality crashed in and was my big letdown that they were just regular people and we were trespassing
0: my um My siblings I'm the youngest of three and my older siblings used to tell me all the time about haunted places and all this jazz. And there was... are a our, Not our next-door neighbors, but the house next to their neighbors was a fairly... It was just like a fairly old-looking house. Our neighborhood was built up around the 50s, so all the houses kind of had that look about them. But this house, for some reason, had a, a, a deer skull with antlers on the very top. Like, just right there. And... My brother and my sister told me that it was haunted. And and not only was it haunted, because all they had to do was tell me it was haunted.
1: Oh, yeah, you made and up the rest.
0: Because it had a skull on the front of it. And as far as I'm concerned, well, th- that is like the epicenter of the evil. Now, unlike you, who said, oh, let's go look in the windows. I would not even look at the house as I walked past it.
1: Just in case, just in saw ca- something
0: that would just in case
1: you know well, yeah. verify that this was yeah. the house of, of.
0: It was just some old ghosts. woman that lived there. It was oh, completely yeah. harmless, and but then it her was husband fun-
1: probably shot the deer when
0: they were younger. Yeah, you know, it was funny too. Is that house had a really hard time staying occupied? Like once the, the old woman, I think, passed away, mm-hmm. um, it, it, it just seemed like mm-hmm. a. There was always new people moving in and out of it, always at at all times. Mm. And rationally, you say to yourself, well, people move. But the irrational part of me always would be like, well, of course, it's a haunted house. Yeah. (laughs) Because that's what you grew up believing for years. Yeah, you know, the deer skull was off of it. It had been repainted. It's a completely different house. And, like, I talked to people that lived there, and they were moving out, and they're just like young people. They didn't seem afraid of anything, but of course, like I'm just like, yeah, you're moving out because yeah. the house is haunted. Yeah, they're not Be- telling you the because whole story, because when but I was you know because when I was five, <laughs> somebody told me this house was haunted, and now I just think it's haunted.
1: Maybe that deer skull played the role of Mr. Jones.
0: Maybe, but anyway, that, um, that always that kind of stuff always captures my imagination, which is why I liked this movie because it was very all the like the gnarled sticks and the bones and you know, just making shit out of the the crap that he would find in the woods and
1: these amazingly crafted, almost miniature wicker man looking things out in the middle of the bush.
0: Oh yeah. Hats off to the to the guys that uh produced this and the people that would oh, totally. have made those. Yeah. Because the artists did a great job. That really sold it. And in fact, it was the the main image of one of the scarecrows that made me stop on the Netflix thing and be like, yeah, yeah, why, why not?
1: Same. I like yeah. this.
0: I like this image. I'll I'll watch this because mm-hmm. I knew just from that image I was like, there's there's at least one cool thing in this movie. It's whatever this is. <laughs> whatever this is is cool. Yeah, and I agree. And I and I think yeah, and I agree with you. You know, people who find this movie confusing, just fucking watch it. You know what I mean? And and yeah. don't and don't get lost in the extra details that you're getting caught up on just wait until it's over and think about it and and what you need to know the the overall message of the movie I feel will be very clearly explained now you can go back and you can interpret or reinterpret yeah any- you can
1: have 17 different theories like I've already cooked up
0: yeah Which- but, but I mean but the overall story is evil in the world exists there mm-hmm. needs to be someone that wards it away that is what this person is, mm-hmm. and 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 there always needs to be. And it's someone. an amazingly believable premise, too. Really,
1: yeah. Whether you have any experience with modern shamanism, or any experience with reading of cultural mythology or shamanism, or if you've read any sort of historical, you know, anything to do with um, the hunter gatherers and mysticism they have any basis in that at all it's a completely believable premise
0: yeah i, I agree
1: think. yeah the uh, and even if you're having the fun that i did where you know any minute this is going to turn into this movie or any minute we're going to cross over with this movie or any minute it's going to turn into this yeah because i just pulled out all these really ridiculous but not completely far-fetched movie references of any direction that this film could have taken which it didn't you can't be like Oh, it's going to turn to this. Oh, it didn't. Now I'm disappointed. Yeah. You can't be disappointed that it's not going to follow your formula.
0: Yeah. Once I realized that we were not dealing with psycho in the woods, mm-hmm. I was satisfied. I was like, oh, I like this. It's not psycho in the woods. And then I was worried that if... I was like, oh, I just don't want it to just be psycho in the woods. Because like, then, <laughs> then I'll be disappointed. I really would have been disappointed if they had just gone back to that. Yeah, body's is in the basement. He's trying to kill them. I was just like, eh. I like those movies, but I didn't want this movie to be that movie.
1: Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. I do like those movies. I mean, I'm a, I'm a really big wrong, t- wrong Turn fan. I'm a huge mm-hmm. Wrong Turn fan. You are. Much to other people's dismay.
0: Unapologetically. Yeah.
1: I love Wrong Turn. Mm-hmm. Wrong Turn 6. What the fuck? Anyway, um, I didn't want this to be a Wrong Turn film either. No matter yeah. how much I love hillbilly horror, and I love weird slashers, and I love psycho in the woods. Yeah, I didn't want it to be that either because it set you up by the midpoint. You're like, this is definitely a thinking person's film. And these people are definitely uh, on the trail of something. It's more of a mystery at that point. And I wanted the mystery to be solved more so than I wanted to see a body count.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Mm
1: -hmm. So I think we liked it. What a fine day, what a gem.
0: What a gem! You know what you <laughs> you're teasing, but this is what I'm talking about with a lot of people who who are who are constantly rolling their eyes at every horror announcement, every remake, and uh, and even people that that snuff their nose at found footage. Like you know, I get it. I understand that it was really big for a while and it was everywhere, and 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 you get sick of looking at the same thing. But you gotta. If you don't like the horror that's in front of your face, if you don't like the films that are being churned out with the biggest budgets and the biggest casts and all this kind of stuff, if you're done with those, just take a chance and grab something random because that's all we did. Oh, it was
1: completely random. It was
0: completely random because we came in with a plan. We were going to review something, which we'll get to. And and so instead of wasting the night... We said, "Fuck it, we'll just watch something." We're just gonna watch a different horror movie, and we just picked something that neither one of us had seen, and we ended up really liking it. And now, you know, if someone if someone's saying to me, "Oh, I'm, I'm so sick of whatever's coming out of Hollywood these days, like the big the big movies," I just like you want watch Mr. Jones if you're done with it. Mm-hmm. There's always an alternative for people who are quote unquote so sick of the mainstream, and if you don't like those movies either. Maybe you just don't fucking like anything.
1: <laughs> maybe you hate awesome stuff. Yeah. Maybe that's your problem. That or maybe maybe horror isn't your thing. Yeah, maybe which is completely fair. You should go back to Wushu or you should go into like some comedy, watch a little hot tub time machine, something like that.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: what? Really, yeah. a lot of people like that movie. I couldn't be
0: bothered, but so Mr. Jones. So Mr. Jones, great film. I uh, highly recommend checking it out. And um, don't be afraid to expand those horizons. Mm -hmm. Check things out that you haven't checked out before. Check out other horror movies that you might not have given a chance or you glossed over. New and exciting if you don't like the old fare or if nothing seems interesting to you.
1: Play the old-fashioned video store trick and pick a film based solely on the cover.
0: Which is how I live my life. Mm -hmm. Just picking everything based solely on the cover.
1: That's why I'm here.
0: On that note, (laughs) on that note, I'm Wes Knight.
1: And I'm Typical Lydia.
0: And you've been listening to Dead Air.